0: Can you really stop dieting and be healthier? Well, yes, you can. We've all done the crash diets. We've all lived by the do's and the don'ts of eating. And I don't know about you, but sooner or later, I fail to keep them, all of them. Is this really the best way to pursue health? Well, I say no, and I want to share a better way with you. So today I'm going to give you five steps to food freedom and discuss why dieting and food rules do not equal health stay tuned welcome to the true food freedom and faith podcast I'm your imperfect host Cheryl Sharko registered dietitian nutritionist and biblical counselor here to get real with you my sisters in Christ yep I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules chronic dieting yo-yo diets emotional eating and other issues that consume your life your joy and your peace get your comfy pants on, like I did, and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello, sisters. Today, I want to talk to you about how you can just stop dieting but gain health for your body and your soul. I know and you know that we are just living in a culture with so many food rules, and they're quite restrictive. You know, you can eat this, but you cannot eat this. Or if you do, it should be this percentage of your calories. Or you should only eat between this hour and that hour. This amount of food is too much in this department, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, what's going on now is that these rules actually are carrying some moral tone to them. And the truth is, there's no such thing, no such thing as a good food or a bad food. And what's worse with all of this is that this eat-by-rule mindset actually has produced a significant number of overweight and obese individuals as a consequence. Well, how is that? It sounds like it would be doing the opposite, but for many people, such restrictive food food and diet and eating rules, they're not sustainable. I mean, if you've tried them, you know, I know, I've tried them, and they eventually lead to things like binge eating, then guilt, then despair, then binging, and on and on it goes. Whereas being healthy, it's not just about weight. We equate the two, but that's not necessarily true. For many, it's not about losing weight at all. Think about this. Even if you got to be at this ideal image, this number on the scale that you've been trying to get to of what your weight should be, but in the process, you've become consumed by getting there. And now that you're there, you're white knuckling it to stay there. And you live in shame if you don't stay there. Well, that is not health. You have not achieved health if your mind is scrambling day in and day out that way. Also, if you're restricting food until you eventually give up and binge, well, you have not achieved health that way either. If you repeatedly lose weight on a nice crash diet that quote-unquote works only to regain the weight, there are health consequences which are not healthy for your body. If you've made an idol of this, idol of your body, of eating, of keeping the rules or having guilt when you don't keep the rules or kind of making an idol of the opinions of others. I know, ouch. You are not living righteously before God, sisters. And spiritual health is far more important than your physical health. So living this way means you have not achieved health in your whole person. Health has to include the mind and the soul as well as the body. Just think about that for a minute. So If you've achieved your ideal weight, but your mind and your emotions are in angst, is that actually healthy? Is that health? No, of course that's not. So for me and my story is I spent most of my life thinking that being thin and attaining some, I don't know, ideal body image was basically the prime directive I wanted to also feed my family once I had one in a way that would make them as healthy as could be. So I always searched for what I thought would be credible sources, you know, of nutrition information, of course, online in books, not textbooks, not medical books, not you know, in an education, but just where they were. And sometimes I thought that guaranteed weight loss was actually better than. Credible nutrition sources, anyway. So I would just kind of go with whatever was the sure thing to lose weight, since again, that was kind of the primary importance to me. And I felt really good the days that I obeyed the rules, but I felt pretty bad when I didn't. And when I did it, quote, right, I actually was prideful. And when I did it wrong, I was guilty. But guilt should be the result of sin. Was not following food rules sin? Did God command these rules? Did he even declare that everyone should be thin or look a certain way, um, eating as perfectly as possible? Of course not. He, didn't, he did not say that. Um, you can read more about my story, my journey to food freedom, at CherylSharco.com, or the link will be in the show notes as well. So maybe you're where I was. You're just bound up. You're enslaved by needing to lose weight. And then each time you do, it comes right back. And this time it carries guilt and it carries shame. And unbeknownst to you, it's also carrying some health risks. Or maybe you think that following strict guidelines about types of food to eat, what kinds of food you should eat, are actually making you healthy or keeping your children healthier. And you have guilt when you don't meet that perfectly. You don't feed your family perfectly. Or maybe you look in the mirror and you just... I feel awful about what you're seeing, and you don't want anyone taking your picture, or if they do, I, I never want to see it. Sister, I'm here to tell you, you are bound up in chains, and you need to be free, and I want to help you to do that. Because you are free in Christ, if you've put your faith in Him for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, but here you are living still consumed by these issues— I think you know there's more to life than that, especially the Christian life. So here I'm gonna give you five steps to bring you into that fuller health, that full person health, and to food freedom. Are you ready? Okay, step one. Step one is to just recognize that you should be eating without guilt. Now I'm not talking about actual sinful behaviors or motives right now. You know, if you are living a life of gluttony or drunkenness, or idolatry, or even selfishness with food, of course, those are sins. And we have that gift of a guilty conscience so that we can repent and receive forgiveness. But aside from that, most of these rules have nothing to do with God's decrees, and they're not sinful. So they shouldn't be carrying guilt. So again, I'm not talking about actual sinful behaviors and motives right now. I'm talking about food freedom from feelings of deprivation or shame about what you're consuming. And this doesn't mean you don't care about your health. Of course, we care about our health. We care about the bodies that God gave us. We want to take care of them. And that is right and good. It just simply means that whether you happen to want something healthy or nutritious at that moment, or you want something delicious or satisfying, fun, or decadent, or frivolous, you're free to eat it. Food freedom means Being able to enjoy life without having your conscious choices bring moralization. What goes into your body is not a moral choice. In fact, Jesus said it's what comes out of the heart that is the moral issue. Food itself is not good or bad. I want you to hear me. Carbs are not bad. Fat is not bad. Organic is not good. Kale is not good. Foods have no moral standing. And we're not made more or less moral by eating any type of food or abstaining from other types of foods. Food is amoral. So it should never carry guilt. It should bring thanksgiving to God instead. We should be thanking God for His kindness and His provision of food, and actually our ability to enjoy it. The more you learn about how the body works and all of the ways God's provided you to be able to enjoy it is actually incredible. So we know that He wanted us to enjoy food. While I'm on this, I want you to sign up for a free resource that I created. It's an ebook, and I prepared it for this purpose. It's called Three Steps to Guilt-Free Eating. So just go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com or just simply click the link in the show notes. So this ebook goes into more detailed help on getting free from these kinds of rules and restrictions that are bondage to you right now. Again, it's completely free, and it will be sent right to your email just for the asking. Okay, so that was step one, that was recognizing that you should be eating without guilt. So let's go to step two. Step two is to learn that every food has value. I'm not saying every food is equally nutritious, but all foods are equally valid sources of energy, and each kind of food has its own nutrients. So let me explain. Your body lives on the energy that food provides. So we call this energy calories. That's just what calories mean. It just means energy. It's a unit of energy. And this energy is obviously imperative to your survival, and all foods carry energy. Your body doesn't know whether that energy came from broccoli or a brownie. Each food carries different amounts of energy and the combination of the molecules of each food, it determines how well the energy is utilized, how quickly it floods into the body. And there are a lot of nuances there, of course, but I just want you to understand the basic idea that calories are just energy for the body. You need energy and all foods provide energy. And when it gets down to that level of utilizing energy your body doesn't care where it came from. Now, certainly of course, some foods have more of what our bodies need and some foods are abundant in what our bodies don't need at that moment, but no rules are actually appropriate at all times for all people. Besides energy, there are other nutrients as well in foods that we need. And so there are different amounts of these nutrients in all kinds of different foods. And so we need these continually and, it's best to just eat a variety of foods so you're getting all the different kinds of vitamins and minerals and something called phytonutrients. So am I saying that there's no nutritional difference between broccoli and a brownie? I think you hear me. I'm not saying that. After all, I am a dietitian. I would love for you to love broccoli, but eating broccoli is not the moral high ground. Eating that brownie won't condemn you you might condemn you, but the brownie's just trying to be a brownie. It's really not out to get you. So for example, I love pizza. No, I mean, I love pizza. And then all those seasons I forbid myself from eating it, I actually grew to lust after pizza. If I had just understood what we're talking about here today, I wouldn't have vilified pizza. It wouldn't have become the forbidden fruit that my flesh just now had to, had to have. I would have just eaten the stupid pizza Thank the Lord for it, enjoyed it, and realized it was just food. It was just a flavor. It's not the Holy Grail. Now, does that mean I could just eat pizza every day? Well, here's the answer. If you choose to, then yes, you could. And you wouldn't be sinning. You wouldn't be bad. So I know the question you're asking. So does that mean I can just be healthy eating pizza all day, every day? <laughs> well, eating Any one type of food won't bring you that range of nutrients I was just discussing, and our bodies need those. So no. Now, there are ways of eating that bring greater physical health than other ways of eating. Also, eating an abundance of any food that has a higher level of energy than our bodies will use up, and doing that regularly is also not going to give our bodies what they need, and it won't lead to the best physical health. But there are ways of allowing all foods and having a mindset towards providing your body what it needs. We don't have to be dualistic about this or binary. We don't have to have the kind of thinking that it's one or the other. You know, providing my body, my physical body with what it needs, and allowing all foods to be kind of a part of that picture, that's how we get to health for those who have been bound up by all the food rules and the guilt like I had been for so, so long. So that was step two, learn that every food has value. And since we were just speaking of food rules, let's go to step three, which is get rid of restrictive rules. So I want you to do a little mental exercise with me here. I want you to imagine you've just made a solemn pact with yourself that for an entire month, you're going to eat absolutely no chocolate. What's the one thought that's going to consume you for the month? I want chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate everything. I see it. I smell it. It's calling me. So what happens as soon as we start these restrictions, such as with restrictive dieting, we want it. Why? Well, as always, our answer lies in Scripture. Romans 7 tells us that sinful passions were aroused by the law, and when the commandment came, the sin became alive in us, because sin takes the opportunity through those laws and rules and deceives us and kills us. Now, this is not talking about food rules. This is talking about God's law, His moral law of righteousness. It's a spiritual thing. And food rules are not. However, the principle does apply, and we know it in our lives. We see it. As soon as there's a rule, our flesh wants to fight against it. It's part of our sin nature. And we see this even when we're restricting foods and making all kinds of rules for ourselves. What it shows us is that the sin nature in us, it kind of gets its teeth when we give it rules and restrictions or, quote, law. But since these diet restrictions weren't God's law to begin with, and we just imposed our own, they kind of just leave us there. So God gave us Christ to live out his law perfectly, and he gives us the victory that he won in that. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to then do the work of conforming us to his law or holiness or Christ likeness. It's a fulfillment of that law that we could never do, but it's done in Christ. But our man made Self imposed laws that we give ourselves, they're just not like that. They're different. These rules don't grow us in Christ likeness. Again, I'm not talking about sin associated with eating, such as the gluttony, drunkenness, selfishness, idolatry. In those cases, I want you to keep in mind when we do sin, because a lot of times we Christians have a hard time remembering or really grasping this, that even when we do sin in those ways, We have the guarantee of help to overcome in the Holy Spirit. We have forgiveness in Christ. But I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about the rules such as, oh no, I ate pasta last night or I didn't get my macros right today. I didn't burn enough calories on the treadmill or at the gym. These rules, they just enslave us. And then they awaken our hearts to rebel against them with no true solution. I hear you, I hear you. But these rules, they help me lose weight. Yes, they could. They could help you to lose weight. But if they are such restrictive rules, that weight loss is not really likely to stick around for long because you probably can't live with such restriction for too long. And again, we want to change our thinking that weight loss is the end-all and be-all of our lives or even of health. Now, also, I want you to consider what it says in Colossians 2, Physical restrictions and rules that we give ourselves, such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, they don't actually help us. There's no value in them against fleshly indulgence, in other words, against temptations. So we can give ourselves all the rules we want. And I know, again, this scripture is not talking about restrictive eating. It's talking about the spiritual realm. But again, its principle is true. Giving ourselves physical limitations might help curb the body behavior, but it's not going to help with the deep sin issues of the lusting and the idolatry, and maybe, maybe putting value where it doesn't belong for a Christian. Instead, these self-imposed rules, they can't really give us the power over the deep food problems that we have. There are heart problems that are leading us to this. We all have them. And in fact, as you've probably experienced, as I have, these rules really just make it far worse over time. And I love, and I want you to always remember this scripture, and I'll probably say it all the time, but in 1 Corinthians 6, the scripture says, "'All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything.'" Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with them both. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. And so what I want you to keep in mind that, yes, all things are fine for the Christian to do that aren't sin, but not everything is equally beneficial. In any case, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. I'm not going to let these restrictions control my life, my thoughts, whether or not I feel guilty, whether or not I'm a good, quote, person, or whether or not I live in fear of fat. The kind of relationship I'm discussing with food, it enslaves us, and we are warned against this. Instead, what are we to do? Well, in Matthew 5, we're told, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? For righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Really, in our hearts, we're looking for something to satisfy, and we're trying to control it externally. If I could just look this way, if I could just be this weight, if I could just have this health report, my life would be good. I would be satisfied. For the Christian, or for anybody, it's not true. We hunger and thirst for righteousness, and he will satisfy. So step three was getting rid of restricted food rules. Let's go to step four. Step four is to get rid of the false nutrition advice. I'm going to be gentle, but I'm going to say as a dietitian, this one drives me crazy. Overall, if I could say one thing to you about this, there is no one size fits all diet plan. Nutrition science is so nuanced. There's no magic pill that's gonna make you lose weight overnight. If someone says, eat X and don't eat Y, please, please ask yourself the reason for the rule and who's giving it? Why do they know? How do they know? Is there any reason to believe that other than we want to or they experienced it and then say it's true? because unfortunately some of what's keeping you bound up is just simply false nutrition advice. I've heard, I have heard some doozies, let me tell you. And it can be really hard, really hard to find true nutrition information out there. I told you in my history, I was on online. Um, I was trying to read books from quote unquote experts, but I didn't really know where to look. I didn't know what was true or false. In fact, it got to be so frustrating to me that I went back to school because I said, I want to find out what's actually happening in the body. So I got it, and I feel for you, and that's actually one of my big frustrations is how do I get you true information when everyone is posing as an expert in the field? Not to be self-serving and whether or not you come to me or not, please always get your nutrition counsel from a registered dietitian nutritionist. They are the only food and nutrition experts, and they're the only ones with the extensive education in the field. So getting rid of false nutrition advice is gonna be a little tricky if you're not knowing or seeking out a registered dietitian. You're always welcome to sign up for my email newsletter at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com. And And you'll be able to get some free resources and free tools and nutrition advice over the months. And it can help you learn how to live a sustainable, that's the key word, a sustainable, healthy life while keeping your eyes and your priorities where they belong on Christ. So the link for that will be in the show notes. Okay, so that was step four, get rid of false nutrition advice. Step five, your final step, is listen to your body. Okay, so here I am telling you to ignore all your buffers and your barriers and all the rules you live by. (laughs) Is that scary? Sure, it is. We love rules. They're easy. Rules are actually easy. I know rules are hard to keep, but living by rules is actually easy. We think about it once. We don't have to think about it again. We just follow the rules. But in this case, they can draw us away from the mechanism that God actually designed and created in us to help us know what and when to eat. And they are the hunger and the fullness cues. Unfortunately, if you are like me, you spent years abusing these hunger and fullness cues, and now you can't really hear them. You can't really feel them, and you need to relearn them. It takes a little bit of intention and it takes some practice. It's not easy to learn to trust your body to tell you when you're hungry and when you're not, when you've been living by external rules. It takes unlearning and relearning, but it is 100% possible. Uh, Again, there's far more detailed help for you on this specific topic in that free ebook I talked about, The Three Steps to Guilt-Free Eating. I would love to see you just sign up for it and you'll get it straight to your email box. It's completely free. You just need to ask for it. I think it will be a resource that you'll be able to save and keep referring back to time and time again as you practice listening to your body and eating without all our restrictive food rules. My hope is that you'll find the help that I didn't have and that I really needed and save yourself some decades (laughs) by letting me show you the pathway that I had to take to find food freedom, even as a Christian. So rejecting all of the food rules and all the restrictions and all the practices, it doesn't mean that we don't get to use our judgment and our wisdom and our guidance. That's not the same as following external food rules. As Christians, we love and crave wisdom. We love knowledge. We want understanding. And we have the fruit of self-control promised to us as we grow. So as Christians, Again, it's not binary thinking where there are rules and restrictions or it's a free-for-all. There is a middle ground and there's a better way for Christians. So let's just review those five steps to food freedom. Step one was recognize that you should be eating without guilt. Step two, learn that every food has value. Step three was to get rid of restrictive rules. Step four get rid of false nutrition advice, and step five, listen to your body. So please use these five steps to learn how to achieve full health that considers your body and your spirit and your soul. And you are always welcome to ask me questions or send me comments at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, and I hope you do. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to hear what you would like discussed. So make sure you get that copy of your free ebook, Three Steps to Guilt-Free Eating, to help encourage you as you learn this new way of eating and know that you are not alone in it. I've been through it. And I think it's important that you know you're not alone. There's no temptation that's overtaken you that is not common to man, we learn in First Corinthians 10. So go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com or click the link in the show notes. And until next time... Remember 1 Corinthians 10:31 Therefore whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do everything for God's glory. See you soon.